Welcome to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. You're Carrie Poppy. Okay. Let's clear this up. <laughs> I don't need complaints from campers telling me. <laughs> Who's one camper? <laughs> one camper. I'm Ross Blotcher. Uh, so am I. All right, we're both Ross Blotcher. <laughs> That's allowed, actually. Okay, good. It's kind of like Spartacus. And uh, we bring you to you six. this week, you said that recently. Yeah. Oh, on our uh, flatter. Mark Sergeant. Interview. Do you know what that is? It was a late 60s thing. There was like this uh, dystopian future film. The Prisoner. Yeah, that's it. It's a uh, TV series, but yeah. Oh, the, okay. oh, it's so good. I think you'd really like The Prisoner. Yeah. Now, I'm feeling all the emails I... coming at you, oh, but no. you're going to love The Prisoner. People stop shaming others for not having seen whatever oh, it is you like. No, I was actually imagining just a bunch of people being like, you got to see The Prisoner. Oh, those emails are good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Anyway, you know what else is good? Wealth, property, being in charge. Being a success, personal motivation, being ripped, being hot, uh, taking money from other people so that you can have the money. Yeah! <laughs> you got it. Boy, I felt motivated right there. Yeah! This is good. Yeah, that's the idea of the Wealth Expo. And yeah. we heard about it. If you were in LA, you knew this was coming. America's largest real estate wealth expo. Yeah! It's so funny. That's one of those things like, I didn't know that was a thing, but this is the largest one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely. How many other real estate wealth expos are there? But this is America's largest. And there that's were- like one of my favorite ads I've ever seen said, we are the number two feminist porn site on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find number Who's one now. Who's number one? <laughs> Who's number one? I need more information. Who is number two? I don't remember now. I you could have really boosted it. their sales just now, but okay. <laughs> You're right. So there were billboards all over town with the various faces of Sylvester Stallone, Susie Orman, Pitbull, and Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. Now, if you want to get our attention, put Tony Robbins on anything. It will perk right up. Both of us thought, oh, wow, this is our chance to see Tony Robbins. Which we've wanted to do for a long time. If you don't know, Tony Robbins is a motivational speaker. Very popular. Oh, yeah. He's kind of the motivational speaker. I yeah. mean, th- there are plenty of them, but he is the motivational speaker. There's a great Netflix documentary about him called I Am Not Not Your Your Guru. Guru. We had both seen that, and Tony Robbins, he he just comes across as a fascinating figure, no question, and larger than life. But we both got, if you see this movie on Netflix, and we recommend it, Yeah, there's this moment in one of his motivational, right, during the seminar, where he tells this woman in the moment, to break up with her boyfriend. And not because she has said anything bad about her boyfriend. It's just like him flexing his muscle, being like, look what I can get a person to do. This is kind of his system, and he's determined this is what she needs in her life. And not go do it later, that would be one thing. But call him now. We are going to watch the film crew and the thousands of people in this audience. We're going to watch you break up with your boyfriend. And she does. Yeah. Fortunately, at the end, a text card lets you know that she got back together with him. (laughs) Right. Uh, Just like, what a monster. 
who does that? And it all seems to come out of sort of these cold reading techniques. It's a lot mm. like a psychic performer who performs to a large crowd, but he's not invoking any of those paranormal claims. No. He, he's just supposed to be really insightful about people. Yeah, he's had all these observations, and there's a lot of focus on masculinity and femininity, and mm -hmm. you know, this is what women do, and this is what men do, and a lot of focus on personal responsibility and just going out there and grabbing your dreams by the nads kind of yeah. attitude. Yeah, it was interesting because there's good advice in there, and that's interesting. You came away calling him a monster. <laughs> yeah. God, who makes someone break up with their partner? I mean, truly over nothing. You can watch this. Like she she says nearly nothing about her boyfriend. It, and it was he something like on it. I think it was almost that he wasn't masculine enough, if I'm oh, remembering. Great. Somehow like he just wasn't fulfilling that role that she needed in her life of right. a man. She a real man. A Jimmy Church. Or you might say a Tony Robbins. <laughs> so we'll come back to him. But we were especially intrigued by the presence of Tony Robbins because we were gearing ourselves up for a Tony Robbins seminar, which can cost thousands of dollars. So we had been looking at these for a long time, but every time it was like $3,000 at the low end. And a multiple day encounter. And then at the high end, they can go up to like 20 something thousand because you get personal sessions with Tony or a dinner with him or whatever. I think it was in the news just a couple of years ago when a bunch of firewalkers under his yes. tutelage burnt themselves. Yes. There had to be uh, medical attention for all these people. Yep. I guess the uh, coals had not cooled sufficiently. I feel like I heard that also if a bunch of people walk across it really fast, you're just basically exposing that lower hottest layer mm. super fast instead of over time. Removing some of the charcoal-y protective mm -hmm. layer. That makes sense. But you know what that's like. Yes, I do. My feet are still messed up from our firewalking episode, which you can hear if you are a donor to Max Fun. It is in the special donor section. Yes, it is. It's a very fun investigation. Ross is still suffering. Because mm -hmm. so I'm an idiot. <laughs> I only went across once, which is uh, normal. That's one of his things he does. It's like firewalking seminars, anything to sort of get you over your fear. And He told us later he used to do skydiving. He stopped doing skydiving because okay. the seminars just got too large and logistically he couldn't get that many people to jump out of a plane at once. Okay. So he went to firewalking. Great. Anyway, that's what drew us into this thing. But then we realized, oh, it's this whole expo that has a bunch of people and they're going to teach us to get rich off real estate. And we asked ourselves, is this really within the purview of Ono, Ross, and Carrie? Yeah. It's not a supernatural claim. Nope. But it might be extraordinary. An extraordinary claim. So usually our standard is, are they making a claim that is sort of outside the bounds of our rational understanding? Right. Or at least hints at that. And in this case, we felt like there was a strong get-rich-quick implication. Which is extraordinary. I think anytime you get to promising people they're going to rapidly lose weight, get better looking, get more wealthy. Improve their love life. You've entered into the realm of extraordinary claims. Right. And Wishful thinking. big business to be had in that because people want quick solutions. So we'd at least check it out. And if it turned out they were just giving sober, good real estate advice, then fine, we'd eat our shoe. But I thought, you know, let's find out in advance when Tony's actually going to be there. So we emailed, said, hey, uh, can you let us know just the schedule? Because it didn't say anywhere on the website. And it's a two-day seminar. In which order these people are coming. And I got a response saying, we have some high-profile clients and their security concerns dictate that we not divulge 
the schedule in advance. I emailed and got the same response. Well. Yeah, it kept saying, got to protect these famous people's safety. What? I mean, if someone's there to hurt you, they're willing to stay around a few extra hours. Clearly, you're just trying to make sure people don't do what we're doing and only come for Tony. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the largest explanation. But also, maybe they just hadn't fully finalized their schedule yet. Yeah, maybe. That's another option. But, Carrie, this sounds amazing. We've got Suze Orman. We've got Pitbull. We've got Sylvester Stallone. We've even got Adam Carolla. What's up with that? (laughs) What would this be worth to you? Because I would say that this is worth $5,000. Would you say this is worth $5,000? No. Oh. Well, you you killed my whole pitch there. (laughs) Well, we're going to make... okay, I guess it would, Ross, but at the same time, I don't really have $5,000 worked into my budget. Well, what would you say if I told you that you could get two people into this Real Estate Wealth Expo for a mere $99? Oh, come on. $99 to get rich quick? (laughs) That itself sounds like a scheme. (laughs) It can't possibly be that cheap. Well, there was a little added fee, but I think it was, what, about 107 bucks for the two of us? I think so. You bought us our passes. You got them in the mail? Yes, I'm wearing one now. It says, Real Estate Wealth Expo VIP. It's like a lanyard with a big tag on it. Oh, man. So you're a very important person. Oh, I'm a big deal. I'm a, it should say BFD on this. <laughs> Mine said, well, the same thing. The same thing, yes. So, no so, names, just that, just VIP. So we drove in on a Saturday morning. Bright and early. Oh my God, it was so early. Yeah, well, when were they starting? Eight? 6.45. What? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Is that how early we were? No, we came in a little after they started. Oh, that's right. They were going to start at 8, but we were there before 8. But they had something at 6.45. Oh yeah, see? Well, they had network bingo at 7. Right. And then <laughs> 7.30, they had Robert Shemin, New York Times bestselling author. How come that idiot's rich and I'm not? And Secrets of a Millionaire Real Estate Investor. And Carrie Michelson, I guess, was with him. Yeah, so that was that was first, and the doors opened at 6.45, but we were like, okay, let's just come for the first big talk, which is Magic Johnson at 8 a.m. Yeah, and we were in a long line of cars. We paid 15 bucks for parking down by the L.A. Convention Center. So there's a large convention center. I've been there for many other things. And they had cleared out a gigantic room. It was those main halls there uh, without any dividers or anything. And it's just this expansive room. And they gave us a few different figures. They kept giving us different numbers, ranging between 10,000 and 15,000. No, someone said 36,000. What? Yeah, one person did. Oh, crazy. Spoiler alert, it was closer to 10 or 11,000. I did some counting later, some multiplication, no big deal. And as we're going in, we're noticing there's a lot of VIPs here. <laughs> yeah. We're coming out of the parking area and we just see everyone's got a VIP badge. Like literally everybody. It reminded me of the Incredibles. Well, if everyone's important, no one's no important. One <laughs> da, da, da. Turns so, out there were, I guess, gold passes and silver passes. That you can buy day of, and then you have to sit in the very, very, very back. Again, this is this massive room, kind of the sort of room that has its own atmosphere uh-huh. and weather patterns. So yeah, you could be sitting in the back seats, but I don't think anyone was really guarding this. So, But some people were sitting back there. There were a few, but yeah. I think most people just kind of wandered up wherever they as could. As they should, as they should. Oh, yeah. And we got seats. We were there before things had really kicked off, but we we're still somewhere near the middle. 
it was a gigantic room, so we weren't anywhere close to the Huge. front stage. As you would expect, there are big screens everywhere repeating the image from the main stage. Oh, man, it was so early, and I, I had made us breakfast sandwiches, actually. Yeah, yeah, those were nice. Oh, good. But yeah, I was like, oh, man, I should have got coffee. I hope there's coffee here. And I'm thinking free coffee, but Ross was one step ahead of me, and it's like, okay, there will be coffee, expo. but it's going to be for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Wh- you were right. Which was the case. Did you get some? I did. It was too long a line, but... Oh, that's right. You bought me some boxed water. Oh, that's right. It said something about boxed water is better. Boxed water is better. (laughs) I looked at that and thought, what, better than just water? I thought that like the box was supposed to be for the environment. But they meant as in comparison to a plastic box. The water itself tastes like a box. Yeah, (laughs) so much better. No, I'm sure it's way better than a plastic bottle. And the room was piping cold. Oh, it was freezing. Now, they had warned us about Mm -hmm. that. They sent us... 11 emails before the day of the event. They sent you a lot. You did the signing up for both of us, so you got to intercept all those emails. Oh, that's right. And I thought, thank God, because this is like one of Ross's least favorite things. That's my pet peeve. Yeah, Yeah, so, but it was annoying to me too. But one of them said, if you're prone to being cold, be sure to bring a sweater or a jacket because we keep the room very cold for Tony. Yeah, Tony wants people cold. So they have to warm. (laughs) At least they warned us. Yeah, but we're going to make thousands of people freeze because one guy likes it mm-hmm. uh, uh. <laughs> what a monster what a monster that's what i'm saying yeah can you, you whisper- slap my fist yeah you yeah, whispered yeah. to me at one point like oh if he comes and talks to me later i'm gonna tell him you're a monster, you're a monster. someone <laughs> needs to talk back to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right yeah we know yeah where you're at. And maybe i will maybe that's the end of that story <laughs> Okay, so... Does she get her chance? We'll see. We'll find out. So we go in and we sit down. On my right, we're next to a guy who also has never been involved in real estate and is just kind of coming to this out of curiosity. And I loved this guy. His energy was so just like, eh, whatever, let's see what happens. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him too. We don't know his name, so let's call him Nolan. Ooh. Yeah. I like Nolan. Nolan Ryan was my favorite baseball player. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. Still have a bunch of his baseball cards. Los Angeles Dodger Nolan Ryan, right? Nope. Oh. He played originally for the Mets for just a couple seasons, and then he played for the Angels, and then the Texas Rangers, where he's most famous for playing. Oh, wait. There was the Houston Astros in the middle there right before the Rangers, and then he ended out his career with the Rangers. Okay. And if you got any piece of that wrong, definitely email Ross and tell him about the three months that he did something else. Oh, I would be impressed if I got something wrong. Okay, okay. So go ahead, email me. (laughs) Bring it. Inside baseball. You know, I was listening to Sawbones recently, and Uh turns out, do you remember the Presidential Fitness Awards? Yes. We used to get those. I remember getting mine. Apparently, there was an alternate Nolan Ryan version that some states had. Oh, okay. Like a Nolan Ryan fitness test and guidelines. I never got the Presidential Fitness Award. Oh. I know. Sorry to hear it. wasn't fit enough. Oh, well. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. According to Sawbones. Yeah. So they had all these chants to get us riled up. So they would say, what time is it? My time. Who's ready to change their life? My time. No, you say me. Me. Or you could say your name. That really should be I. (laughs) I I am ready. Who's ready to win? Tony Robbins. <laughs> so you get it. There were all these little chants that would get us 
energized. Yeah. yeah. Let's get pumped. I forgot to say, as we came in, there was this row of people in white shirts giving us high fives. <laughs> yeah. That also built up the energy. Right. And I think some of them had on a shirt that said something like happy squad or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 There were even ladies wearing, it looked like almost cheerleader garb. Yep. Totally. And I never saw them do any kind of cheer or anything like that, but they'd be running around in short skirts right. in this cold room. And they were part of the happy squad. Yeah. Something like that. So we high fived all of them. And then as we were led to our seats, there were also a bunch of pictures of each speaker on an easel and then one of their notable quotables. I was taking pictures of all these quotables. So from Tony Robbins, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited of what could go right. Yeah. Oh, also Tony Robbins, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Parallelism. Yeah. Ideas are worthless without action. That one is not attributed. That one's attributed to the Apostle Paul. (laughs) Mark Twain. Pitbull says, if you continue to work hard, let that be the fuel to your fire. Sure. There were these placards all around. And you can tell that there are some people for whom there were like lots of good quotes and others where they're like, oh, we had to watch a whole YouTube video until he said something quotable. So we were already motivated. We've had our high fives. We've had our motivational quotes. We've bought our $7 coffee. We have screamed that it is my time. My time. And we are ready for Magic Irvin Johnson. Yeah. So Magic comes out and the first thing he tells us is that we've got to believe in ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That seems important. He's talking about his own career. Obviously, he's well-known as a basketball player. Right. That was his claim to fame. And so much of what he was saying in his talk was, you've just got to reach into these opportunities, and I met these people, and I got this opportunity, and people invested in me. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, you're Magic Johnson. Right. <laughs> you're, you're already a badass who's well-known and has lots of money. So if I am well-known and well-financed, I can do all these things. Yeah. He makes a lot of great points oh, yeah. if you happen to start out rich. Indeed. Now, let me say, he didn't grow up rich, but like step one in all his plans, basically basically involved. I was rich and then I did something super, super smart with my wealth. Yeah. And I'm sure you could do something similar with a smaller pot of wealth, but your outcome would be very different. Right. So yeah, some of it didn't seem applicable to everybody. But he said one of the first things he noticed as he started moving into his business career was that all these minorities, African-American families, Latino families, hey, they've got like a trillion dollars of wealth locked up. Right. We could tap into this. Let's give them services that they like. Yeah, all the better if people aren't already marketing to them. So one of the points he made was a lot of times these like white business owners will assume, oh, the black community doesn't want... uh, Coffee. Right, right. Fancy coffee or upscale movie theaters. And he was like, of Mm -hmm. course they do. Of course there's a market for that. Solid point, of course. So that's that was kind of his thrust. Properties as well. He made a lot of money in housing, essentially, renting housing. He told us that you should all leave with 100 plus business cards each. Which was a (laughs) mistake. Oops. So So, one intrepid audience member ran up to him and handed him her business card. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, okay. Look at her. Good for her. Okay. Then. Guess what everybody else did. Oh, my God. (laughs) Literally dozens of people throughout this talk would run up and give him their business card. I mean, in the middle of him talking, just from their seats. Right. And this became such a love fest. So people would yell, I love you, Magic. And he'd be like, I love you, too. Yeah. And so then he'd 
try to move on, and then someone else will be like, I love you. Oh, <laughs> I love, love you, too. too. Love you, too. Okay. okay. And let me finish that sentence. <laughs> uh, I want to take a picture with you. All right. I'll do oh, this oh, one. Oh, shit. I opened the floodgates. Now there are 30. Now people are giving him hugs. Yeah. Like, just running up and grabbing the man. So now... <laughs> Everyone, as he tries to walk through the audience and be amongst the hoi polloi, they're handing him business cards. They're hugging him. Hugging him they're taking photos. So he would try to get people back in their seats. But then he'd be like, well, I can't discourage this because I told them this is exactly right. what they should be doing. So he collected at least a dozen business cards. I think more. Oh, yeah. Finally, a security person. A woman who's much smaller than Magic Johnson gets up there and is trying to like push all the people back. And oh like, yeah, okay, he, okay. This he needs called to her stop. shorty. Okay, so he says one of the things he did right is that when he made his first wealth, he didn't just immediately jack up his lifestyle. He was like, "Hey, I'm used to living at my previous lifestyle level. I'll stay there and I'll reinvest the money I made." Hmm. Smart. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Good. If I come into a bunch of money, I'll remember that. Here's some other good advice. Over-deliver to your consumers. Uh, three R's, revenue, relationships, and reputation. Oh, yeah, and that was, that was the thing. So for relationships, he was talking about getting all these business cards, meeting new people. These are your folks. This is your community, your tribe, your if tribe. you will. And then for reputation, he was saying that uh, they told me to get here at 8 because I was going to speak at 8.30. I got here at 7. There you go. Because he said, you know, get there an hour early. I'm ready to go. And then that's your reputation. People know they can trust you. I'm picturing some like 24-year-old page who gets the call that's like, um, Magic Johnson's already here. And she's like, oh, what do we do with okay. him? Uh, uh, Mr. Johnson, here's your room. Um, I, Sorry, we haven't set this up yet. Um, Okay, but uh, I can bring you water. I can bring you coffee. Oh, shoot, the coffee's not ready. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's used to that. Yeah. He also had a kind of karma story about someone coming to take a photo with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and... Kareem turned him away and Magic said, well, hey, I'm not popular or famous, but I'll take a picture with you or I'll hang out with you, whatever it was. But then years later, it turned into a business deal where this guy said, oh, I remember him. He took time for me and my son. Okay, there you so, go. Good advice. We learned about SWAT. This was a really strange acronym. If Stuff you... we all take. <laughs> all with an O. Strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. It was kind of a weak acronym, SWAT, but huh. that was one of his go-tos. Just remember, strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. I can't pull those things together in any sort of useful way. I Strength, weakness. So is it like both your strengths and your weaknesses, use them for an opportunity, but avoid those threats? Well, I think each was set off against the other. So just know your strengths, uh... but know your weaknesses. Identify opportunities and identify threats. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Lots of references to God. Oh, yeah. A lot of references to being blessed as well. Mm -hmm. Told us you need to set goals and go after them. And you've got to just check them off. Do them quickly, get them out of the way, and then go for more. Never be satisfied. He tried to get a loan 10 different times, but they kept saying no, but he didn't quit. Hey, and there's power in saying no, too. You need to learn when to turn certain things down. No. Good job. It felt great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's the way people say it when like their dog picks something up. They don't want to. No. no. Bad. No. Oh, yeah. He told us to always have an exit strategy. Know how long you want to be in this particular business and don't have like all your eggs in one basket so you're stuck there. Solid. Also known as diversifying. 
do things the right way and go into something there's demand for. <laughs> this is all very a little basic, but yeah, common sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also told us we need to get up early. What do you think about that? Sounds like good advice. Oh wait a minute! You I don't disagree. Like yeah, he said pretty much all the really successful business people he knows get up super early, and that makes sense if you're working with like the standard bank day. Then sure, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And he was saying now he owns and or runs, I think, the Lakers and the Dodgers? I think he part owns the Dodgers, right? Okay. He's got a stake in the Dodgers and the Lakers and a bunch of Starbucks. Oh, yeah. So one of his examples of a good deal was that he approached Starbucks about developing in urban areas, and he said he would put up half of the money. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'll do the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's great when you're Magic Johnson. Uh, you should wake up and have a be still moment. Just be still, experience everything, be present. So you have to get up extra early and do that first? (laughs) I guess so. Okay. Know the laws and political process? Sure. Sure. Speaking of God, God blessed Magic with the opportunity to run the Lakers. Oh, that was nice of God. That was very nice. Uh, Yeah, so that that was Magic. Yay, Magic. Yeah, he was cool. He's a very personable speaker. This Magic moment. This Magic seminar. (laughs) So... Before we get to the next one, Ross, is it? I'm Ross. I've been thinking that I I love podcasts. Me too. Man. Yeah. What a great form of entertainment, especially if you have a commute. Exactly. What could I listen to while I'm commuting this week? Oh, I have just the thing. Hey, Helen Hong. Yes, J. Keith Van Stratton? What's the difference between a layover and a stopover? I have no idea. What's the difference between optimal and optimum? I have no idea. Well, what's the difference between an actual conversation and a promo for our new show on Maximum Fun, Go Fact Yourself? Nobody has any idea. Go Fact Yourself, the game show with celebrity contestants, super smart experts, and answers to questions you've never even asked. Listen twice a month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And be in the audience for our tapings of Go Fact Yourself in downtown L.A. It's free. Go to GoFactYourPod.com for more info. We're having a very realistic conversation. Yes, we are. That is some good stuff. That sounds very good. Mm, But mm. that can't make me rich. You know who can make me rich? Steve Wyman. Steve Wyman. Of the real estate funding and flipping. A smarmy white bald gentleman. Uh, Uh, This flipping guy. (laughs) So he basically wants us to flip properties with his company. So you take his classes, then you learn how to get into this fancy schmancy program where you can buy these properties up. And then sell them without involving any of your own money or effort. Except for the $1,000 you put into his classes. (laughs) Right. And maybe some money later on? This guy was so skeezy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my faith in America, whatever was left after Trump getting elected, (laughs) was just (laughs) eroding quickly. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I hated this guy so much. He's pretty bad. So one of the things he told us up top was the number one mistake people make in his business is becoming too emotional about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, That sounds like people who had ethical concerns about Uh what you're doing. So what is house flipping, Ross? Well, you could say that it's just one form of multiple streams of income. Uh Okay, right, right. He started out with his wheel of wealth. And he said, it's not a wheel of fortune because that implies luck. Mm. You know, we're just talking here. We're talking about establishing multiple streams of income. You've got your day job. But no, this is a 
good quick way to get an additional stream of income coming in. Passive income. So flipping a house, you're buying up a house that's on sale, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the source may be. Maybe it's a family that lived in the house. Maybe it's a now government-owned property because it went into foreclosure and nobody or else. bank-owned property. And you buy it up and then you just sell it to somebody else. Now, there's a few different strategies within there. You could improve upon it. Maybe you you get rid of all the old lead piping. Or the asbestos. And, you know, you fix things up and you put in some new grout. And then you sell it for exactly its true value, right? (laughs) No. Oh. No, you inflate that value. Oh. And then you make lots of money out of the fact that you were an intermediary and owned the house briefly in between people who actually wanted to live in the house. And you probably scooped in there when it went on sale at like midnight one night Mm -hmm. uh, and got it right away. Whereas the family who's actually looking to live in a house maybe doesn't have the benefit of doing that. And maybe they could have scraped together the money to buy it at that original price. but And fix the lead piping. Now you have added $60,000 to the price of the house. While only making, say, $10,000 in improvements. If even. Yeah. Yep, that's house flipping. And now, obviously there are better and worse ways to do this. Exactly. I'm not saying this is never ethical, but you can see how much room there is to act unethically within this system. So ethically, you could say, okay, this house has a lot of issues that most people don't know how to deal with. It's not up to code. You know, let's make it look nice. Let's turn it into a better property. And then... And I'll take a reasonable fee off of my work doing that. Yeah. And it makes sense for you to earn money for having done that, something that someone else would not have wanted to do for themselves. Cool. Mm-hmm. But then there's people like this guy. <laughs> So all the emphasis here was putting in minimal effort and never leaving your house. He was talking about, you know, like, ah, you can stay in your underwear. God, all these people always mention someone in their underwear. Yeah, that's... Is this the big dream? Yeah, does everybody want to just live in their houses in their underwears? In their underwears specifically. And he kept making this emphasis on OPM, other Other people's people's money. money. Not only do you have to not lift a finger, you can do this for properties in other states that you never even see in person. And then he said, well, you know, I'm sure you're wondering, well, how am I going to make all these renovations and fixes? No, that's not for you to do. You have other people who do that. You build up a team, so they do that stuff for you, and then you pay them what it's worth for them to make these fixes. But then you get twenty to $60,000 per property of easy income. And I mean, do you remove your own teeth? Do you fix your own chimney? No, you hire an expert. Same deal here. You're giving a job out. This doesn't even have to be your passion. People are like, oh, I'm not even interested in housing or trying to get people into better living situations. It doesn't have to be your passion. This is just one of your multiple streams of income. Right. And he has this little wheel of wealth that shows all of these different forms of money pointing back towards you. So you are in the center of this wheel with a couple dollar signs to join you. And you've got your job. You've got annuities. You've got business ventures. You've got... 401ks and IRAs, and you've got mutual funds and stocks, and they're all pointing at you. You want multiple streams of income. A web of wealth. Yeah, I should have said a web of wealth. Ooh, good job, Carrie. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. don't help My the guy. time. <laughs> Someone got mad at us for giving good puns to the flat earth oh, guy, yeah. Mark Sargent. And I told them that we don't like to be punitive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So this guy's company is called Success Path Education. 
So part of this is an education program where he teaches you to be a house flipper. Just getting these classes is like $1,000. Right. And, and don't just try to jump in and do this yourself. No, no. You need his <laughs> techniques. You need Steve Wyman. And then once you do that, my impression, and I'm not 100% sure, but my impression is you can also borrow money from Steve Wyman's company to front the amount for your house. Right. But remember, when you borrow money, you owe the money back. You're just agreeing to like use his bank. And I kept wondering why is he even telling people about this why does he need other people to do this clearly there's some motive because for him. he will make money off of it and somehow he can't do it all himself i wonder if there's some legal limit on how much you can do or process under your own name i feel like everybody involved in this is just kind of a tool for him so i feel like there's an additional piece here but also he's making money off of you taking the class oh and taking loans from him because i'm sure these loans come with interest i mean the bank right. has an interest in me taking out loans so he's really just kind of burying the lead that you are signing up for his bank loan right but no 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 he's just your teacher you know you know he's telling us this isn't about emotions it's not about helping others it's about making money as quickly as possible and so we know everything he's doing is just about adding more streams of income He's at for that himself. center of that circle. Exactly. So the easy money he's offering everybody is in the form of, who wants a quick $20,000 turnaround without putting in a dime of your own money? And it's just one of those situations where if it sounds too good to be true, eh, probably too good to be true. And who am I going to screw over? I feel like that's the other yes. side of that coin. Oh, oh. It's cu- that $20,000 is coming from somewhere. Absolutely. So we looked up Success Path Education, and guess what? They've got complaints? Yes. They're one of the oh, first. Tell me more. <laughs> the Better Business Bureau has been collecting complaints against them and issued a warning specifically about their seminars. Success Path, folks. Yeah, Success Path Education. Okay. So this was issued May 20th, 2016. It says a Utah-based business that is the focus of more than 150 complaints over what consumers describe as misleading and manipulative marketing practices has scheduled a series of real estate investment seminars across Missouri. Uh, BBB advises consumers to exercise caution when dealing with Success Path Education or Success Path, which touts its upcoming seminar as an exclusive real estate success event. Uh-huh. Most complaints are from consumers who say the business charge them anywhere from $2,000 to $70,000 for classes Whoa, and personalized mentoring programs with little or no value. And then they could only get partial refunds or no refund. And there's a great quote somewhere in here where the Better Business Bureau person asked one of the students what she had learned. And she said, I learned how to put myself in debt. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're great. And they're saying here that the average gross profit in the U.S. is 60800 per flip, exclamation mark. Uh, but there's all these little disclaimers on these slides letting you know, oh, your, your mileage may vary. Right. Usually they say results not typical. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Okay. So we learned some wealth principles. First, believe it's possible. Oh, okay. Your doubts are going to kill more dreams than failure ever will. Yes, yes, quotable, quotable. Here's another quotable. Doubt your doubts, not your faith. Yeah. Okay. Doubt your doubts. Yeah, it almost makes sense. All right, Carrie, you need to think like the wealthy, not like a consumer, but like an investor. Ah. So stop just being one of these people who goes to their job, 
works every day. You're not going to make money that way, mm-hmm. actually contributing to society. You want to exploit those people. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't, someone else will. Opportunity doesn't go away. It goes to someone else. Uh, yeah, Same thing okay. with wealth. Wealth doesn't go away. No, if you don't buy that house, someone else is going to make money off of it. But also, what if you left it there and someone who just wants to live in it bought it? I'm not right. sure that that's the problem. Yeah, the people who are supposed to eventually get it. Instead, you are saddling them with an extra $20,000, $60,000 of future debt that they get to slowly pay off as they work and go to their job. Right. Yeah, this can't go on endlessly. Not everyone can do this, constantly exploiting everybody else. This is personified the tragedy of the commons, the mm-hmm. whole idea that, oh, well, if I don't cut down the last tree on this island, someone else will. Right. Or if I don't fish this last area of fish, someone else will. And that's how we lose things. That's how we exploit the environment. Right. That's how we exploit other people. And it's not true. Maybe someone else won't. Right. Maybe we need protections in this case. Right. Uh, and oh, maybe someone uh, else won't stay up till midnight waiting for that house to go into foreclosure so they can buy it on the internet at 12.05. And the next morning at 10 a.m., someone who's looking for a one-bedroom finds it. This guy is so skeezy. He told us that most people don't know what REOs are. And that's true because I didn't know what I REO didn't was. Either. I thought of REO Speedwagon. Oh, right. But right. no, there is. And I can't fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> so it's real estate owned, a term used in the U.S. to describe property owned by a lender, which is usually the bank or the government or the government loan insurer after the unsuccessful sale at a foreclosure auction. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. So that's how you can get all these bargain basement, cheap houses, and then do a little bit of fixing up and on them, and then put them right back on the market and make tons of money. It's time to bring this ship into the shore. Yeah. <laughs> you look only vaguely amused. Keep, keep going. That's at best. That's fine. <laughs> Fulfill your dream, Carrie. <laughs> Take action. So, yeah, yeah, those are the wealth principles. Ugh. Oh, it's, it's, ugh. it was just so selfish and greedy and lazy. It's an interesting thing because I just read a book called The Confidence Game by Maria Konnikova that's about con artists. Mm. And one of the points she repeatedly makes is that con artists will often pull cons on other con artists. They try to manipulate the greedy in all of us, right? And boy, I don't know if this is a con. I'm not saying this is a con. I don't know. But this is performing that same sort of way where it's like I'm going to use my greed to manipulate your greed mm-hmm. on this third person. Yeah, yeah. So there's just like this trail of greed. And then I think the person at the top can self-justify by being like, whatever, this second guy was greedy too. If he gets screwed over, so what? Well, it was certainly a convention. So in that sense, it is a con. <laughs> You know, there's a Bernie Madoff podcast that recently came out, and I Ah. heard a piece of it. And in that, Bernie Madoff makes the same justification. Well, all my victims were just being selfish and greedy, so screw them. Cool, man. He then brought up a couple to share their testimonial. They had lived in L.A. before, and one of them had been an L.A. cop. Yeah, the gentleman. The woman, I guess, had been the one who initially said, oh, we should join up and do these classes. Yeah, it was his wife. They came up and he just yelled into the mic. 
good morning, Los Angeles. And we're like, whoa, whoa, calm down, Mr. Former Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like his dream to be in like a motivational Finally talk. in front of these people. Yeah, and he just kept using every opportunity to sort of yell and grab some attention. And his wife was the quiet one. They kept joking about that. Oh, yeah, she doesn't say much. Uh-huh. So I know you're all thinking I'm not like giving her a chance to talk. It's just because she doesn't want to. She prefers it this way. She likes me yapping. She smiles sublimely and nods her head. Yes, yes. And so they talk about all these properties that they flipped and then they went and lived in Chicago and now they do it there. And we were assured that if we did the same thing, if you sign up for this class and you make a sale in 90 days, within 90 days, they will give you all their money back. If you do make a sale? Yes. Oh. And so you leaned over to me and you said... That tells me about how often people make a sale within oh, yeah. <laughs> 90 days after taking this course. Yeah. Probably almost never. Hence all the Better Business Bureau complaints. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think with any system, you're always going to find someone who worked it well or who just like the luck fell in their favor, you know? Sure. Um, it had yeah. to fall to somebody and you're hearing from the person to whom it fell. Right. This is the problem with testimonials. Exactly. Yep. Also, after Steve Wyman gave his whole pitch, he said, now, is that powerful or what? And you said, what? <laughs> it was always a running joke at home with my mom. She would always be like, oh, man, did that taste good or what? And we'd be like, what? Oh, <laughs> your poor mom. It wasn't something she cooked. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay, like, okay. You know, if someone's going to give you that option, oh, yeah, you got to go gotta with You got to take what. it. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Steve Wyman also told us that he's never had a license in his life. You don't need a license to do this. Anybody can do this. You don't need any relevant skills either. You don't need to know anything about fixing stuff. No, you just you get your team and then you pay them bare bones right. to do the actual work. Right. And then you scrape off lots of money in your underwear. Easy peasy. Another emphasis was on just cash buying. So if you can get into this deal, then you can pay with money that's not your own, but you can get in there quickly because they'll sell to the person that has all the cash rather than the person who actually wants to live there and make payments. Then you flip it around and you sell it to the person who wants to live there and make payments and you get more money out of them. And how do you get that cash? Through my company. Exactly. Great. Uh, So you can pay interest on that. So when he was about done, he was like, okay, now I'm going to be selling these classes, but you know, there's a limited amount, so you better do it now. Uh-huh. You got to do it now. Get to the green table. Classic sales trick. Get you in this panic of, Oh you yeah, know, you're going to miss it. Fear of, fear of missing out. FOMO. Right. Artificial scarcity. It's just like on an infomercial one. It's like, call now or this will go away. And then three weeks later, you see, call now or this will go away. Right. And he's just going to go do the same exact expo in another city and say the exact same thing. And you could probably sign up for it online at the same price. So anyway, a mass of people jump up to go. And one of our favorite things is that they didn't turn off his mic. Yeah, for whatever reason, they just decided when someone's done with their talk, there's no end to it. They walk down into the crowd, start having conversations with people. The camera turns on them. And you just hear them keep talking. And people the same are volume. asking them clarifying questions. And then the speaker will respond to their question. And also, <laughs> this guy and speakers to follow stood up on a dais kind of in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. So it had like a weird it like... It felt like a stock market exchange. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. these people standing around him. And, you know, he's just slightly above them. And he's turning around and pointing. pointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll ask like a good question about, oh, but how does this work out with the... You know what? You need to find that out in the class. That's the right place to go. You need to get yourself back to the green table. Sign up. Questions that he would answer were, were things like, do I need to have a real estate license? No, no, of course not. No, just whatever gets you over there. Go over there. 
but oh my God, so many people were signing up and I turned to you and I said, God, I just want to walk through that line and just show them this Better Business Bureau rating. Yeah, just right. Like, I just want, I want you to have an informed decision here. At one point during that section, he said, we're only doing this to make a what? And then the answer was profit. profit? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, and he said, uh, what is your why? Oh, my why is the Hollywood YMCA. It's um, <laughs> it's near Selma. Well, if you were thinking like an investor, Carrie, your why would be to live debt-free, to be on your own clock, to spend more time with family, and to be financially solvent. Cool. He would not be the last speaker to talk about family and how this is all for your kids. Yeah, that That's was kind of really that last for. little emotional push. Like, oh, think of all the time you'll be able to spend with your family because you're not contributing anything to society. And if, <laughs> and if you were thinking that I'm just a gross, selfish asshole, no, 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 don't worry. I care about exactly three other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny you said that because he wrote, why do you think... The wealth divide is increasing in the U.S. Oh, that's right. And I wrote, because of assholes like you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was also talking about how people in other countries are doing the same thing and buying U.S. properties and flipping them. Great. S sounds like we need some fixes in our codes. Right. He also insisted that this is not a bubble. Everyone wins in a rising tide. No, you're describing a bubble. Mm -hmm, it's exactly mm -hmm. what this is, adding a lot of fake value to these houses so they get more and more expensive. Right. Kind of the definition of like a bubble. Picture a rising tide where there's a wave and there's a peak at the center and then there's like a low point on the other side of the wave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so next we have Brian Allen, who we agree is our least favorite person at this seminar, I think. And maybe in the world. <laughs> wow. I don't know. There's a lot of horrible people, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this guy was such a shit. So he is a guy in like, what, his early 40s? Yeah, that sounds about right. He's got his hair kind of gelled back. He's wearing a three-piece suit with a yellow vest and a blue tie and He's, a gray jacket. He comes out to tell us about tax liens. He, he leads with a dumb little joke that we see a few times. Oh, right. Where he wants to pull the audience to see what kind of person are you. And first of all, this is a weird test because they'll put up a shape and say, are you a red square? Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I'd kind of like to know the other options before I choose what I am. Oh, yes. They weren't showing you the other ones? <laughs> yeah, they'd reveal them one at a time. Oh, come on So now. a bunch of people would raise their hands, and then he'd be like, or are you a yellow triangle? Which one of these do you respond to the most? Yeah. And so, okay, I, I don't know. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> are there going to be 10 of these? And so then uh, there was a green squiggly thing that looked like an amoeba. And I think then he started to tell us what they meant. So the red square was methodical and well-organized. The yellow triangle was bold and decisive. And, oh, if you chose the green squiggly thing, you're obsessed with getting drunk and getting freaky. Ha, <laughs> ha, I'm so oh, funny. Fun. And then he said, or are you an orange pentagon? And he brought that up. And so a bunch of people raised their hands. And for that, you were just too late. The joke was over. Stupid. Stupid. Very stupid. But he'd made his joke time to give his talk now. Yes. So we laid out the problem. By the time you're 65, only a small fraction of people are financially independent. 4%. Yikes. 36% are already dead. 54% uh, are dependent on others. 5% are still working and only 1% are wealthy. So the message here is... But we can get that up to 100, right? You want to be wealthy, right. <laughs> right? So how do we get wealthy? With tax, tax liens. Tax liens. 
Okay, so tax lien, the idea is you buy up a little piece of debt that someone else has in their property. So let's say I bought a house and I've defaulted a little bit on the loan. And so what you do is you pay one of those missing payments, essentially. Let's say $1,800. So Ross, let's say, is the tax lien buyer. He sees, ah, Carrie hasn't been paying on her house. And, you know, I just did you a solid. I paid the $1,800. Now you owe me $1,800, but, you know, there's some interest on that. But... I already know you're having problems paying on your house. So So, what if I just default entirely? Yeah, what if it turns out, you know, the house gets taken away from you? Well, there's a small chance in certain states that it will turn out the next highest owner in this property is me, the tax lien owner. So if you pay me back, hey, I get money back at, you know, 20% interest or whatever it is I'm charging you. But... I may just earn an entire house for 1800 bucks. Yeah. And then I get to do whatever I want with because the, the counties don't want it. The right. cities don't want to deal with this. So yeah, they'll just hand it over to me. Great. Well, this sounds foolproof. It also sounds like something that must happen all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And especially in Texas and Florida. Okay. Apparently, these are the states that have these laws where this all happens within a year or two years. He warned us, like, California, never buy in California because you have to wait five years to reap any profit off of this. That's no good. We want a fast profit. Now, this already probably sounds really predatory, and it is. But on top of that, the person who buys the tax lien actually doesn't have that good of odds of getting the property. But he's saying at least you get paid back for the money you invested. So win-win. You may be getting a small payout, or you may be getting a big payout. And if you do enough of these, you're eventually going to get some really big payouts. And you can... Buy the lien with OPM, right? Other people's money, that's right. Whose money would I use? Well, you could join the Tax Lien Buyers Club, not to be confused with the Dallas Buyers Club. (laughs) So yeah, he says you'd be doing them a favor. You, Ross, when you buy the tax lien, you're keeping Carrie in her home. But, you know, if she defaults on the taxes long enough, uh, well... Screw her. Beggars can't be choosers, right? (laughs) She shouldn't have bought it in the first place, but now you've got a property. Maybe it's worth $340,000. You can sell it for two hundred sixty. dollars You don't care. You'll sell it fast. That's all profit for you because you only paid $1,800. Yeah. Now, if you're looking through different properties and you're deciding which ones to buy, if an LLC has defaulted on a loan, definitely snatch that up because these are just little guys, little people who've form their stupid little business. He literally said they don't know what they're doing. <sighs> but you don't want to buy a tax lien from like a corporation because they're more likely to actually get their shit together mm-hmm. and pay what they owe. He said that he earned $716,000 with only $3,000 down in the state of Florida. And he said just don't mess with the IRS. There are different states, they have different laws. Florida and Texas are great. <laughs> and and here was a, another theme where he bragged that he had very little education. Yes, told us that he had a 2.8 GPA in high school, and I cheated to get that. Oh, God, I hate this guy so much. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I bet you did, Brian. Another mantra of his is that I find money in ugly. So he showed us these pictures of houses, and he said, do you want to buy this one or this one? And one was like, you know, a really nice looking house that you could go live in. Another one was this weird monstrosity up on stilts. Oh, yeah, I don't know what was happening there. But yeah, it was something <laughs> both on stilts and like really ramshackle, really run down. Right. It looked like condemned property. Yeah. But he was saying, no, this is the one you want to buy because no one's going to pay to take care of it or try to win it back. They're just going to let it go. And you get to 
get the money for that property. Right. And that land. The money is made when you buy, not when you sell. So you're thinking, okay, well, this is certainly predatory to the person in the house, but the person who buys the tax lien, like, maybe this isn't the worst advice. No, it is still very bad advice because your odds of getting rich this way are super low. You know who might get rich off this whole system? Him. Brian Allen. <laughs> yeah. Because you're paying for his stupid buyer's club. And then you're getting into it and they have these advisors. So they're supposed to call you back very soon after you join. And they're going to coach you on this. And they're going to help you buy the properties that you want to and choose them. So then you'll have like a little bracket of 10 properties that you're kind of hovering over waiting to see what happens to them right within the next year to two years and then does brian allen's company front you the money mm -hmm. too so now you owe money to them again they're just securing loans for themselves yep or that's how it seems that's and, how it seems and once again i just have to wonder okay why do they need us involved so there, there must be some legal right. reason why you know this helps them get the bigger toe into the market. And you're doing a bunch of footwork for them looking for these properties. And every time he'd make just social commentaries about his life and other people's lives, it was just so awful. He was saying, oh yeah, the average employee spends two hours a day on Facebook and they try to brag about their insignificant little lives. I don't care about any of that. None of you pay my bills. I don't want to see the pictures of your kids. So wouldn't it feel... Jesus. Yeah, wouldn't it feel better to buy lots of stuff and then you can donate the rest to a church? Great. This was his little nod to, see, you can be a benefactor of humanity. Right. He says he doesn't want to see pictures of our kids, but and what does he, he show us? He shows us pictures, pictures of his kids. Pictures of his kids. Yeah, so he lets us know he's a great guy because he runs a pro bono baseball camp. And, and you're probably thinking, oh boy, Brian Allen must love tax liens. No, I don't love tax liens. <laughs> I don't care about I them. I don't fucking care. He didn't use the F word though. He just said, they just make me money. I care about my family. This is who I do it for. Shows us a picture of his kids playing Little League. Oh, such a good Again, guy. it's just like, oh, I can screw over hundreds or thousands of people, but it's all cool because I am nice to like five people. Right. The people close to me. Right. The people carrying my genetic heritage. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. I'm really impressed, Brian. And he bragged, I don't want to work. You see all these people on TV. They have all these shows where they buy properties and they fix them and they make them look great and improvements. They're working hard. I don't want to do that. So <laughs> there was, you go. Yeah, that was his whole pitch. Like, I'm lazy. And uh, people are like, woo, yes, me time. Yeah. Oh, you just say so many shitty little things. Like, why waste your time with business cards? Who makes money on business cards? I'll tell you who, Vistaprint. Oh, that's right. Because someone like asked him for a business card and it was, he just didn't have one. He said, why would you even mess with that? And someone gave him his business card and you could see this look oh, like- Oh yeah, he's like, gonna, I don't take those. I was going to say, I'm going to throw this away in two seconds, but he'll probably just drop it on the floor. Oh man, what a douche. He was also taking pot shots at the previous speaker. He kept making these little comments that kind of denigrated these classes you can sign up for. Oh, And it okay. was clearly pointed that. right back at Steve Wyman. Jeez, <laughs> these people. And you leaned over to me, I think, around that point, and you said, everyone here is such an island of greed. Yeah, really for are. real. Like, there's no even fraternity between the dicks. Fraternity of the Dicks by Gary Poppy. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good book. You should write that. Florida is his favorite state. You know, not because he wants to go there, but just because he can exploit it from afar. Oh, my God. And he even said, actual quote from Brian Allen, I don't care what happens to the economy. Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. That's so, right. Yeah, he was saying, oh, yeah, okay, maybe this will all fall apart at some point, but I don't care. Because I'll be rich at that uh, point. Yeah, making my money. Fuck you, dude. Fuck that guy. He also told us not to listen to CNN. He said, they suck. Constantly negative news. That's what CNN stands for. And I was like, okay, so we're just dog whistling Trump at this point. And they did the same thing where they didn't turn off his mic afterwards. So there was just this weird trail off where, okay, now we can get up and go do things and buy more coffee or listen to him just kind of chat with people. Or join the buyer's club for however much. Right. Which, oh, there's only a few units. Go to some other table and sign up for the tax lien buyer's club. Yeah, so he goes out into the audience, stands on that weird dais, shouts down answers to people, and his mic's on for another 10 minutes. So strange. The lady sitting next to me who got up, she had a Louis Vuitton purse, and I noticed there were a lot of Louis Vuitton purses Mm. in the room. I wonder if they were real or fakes. Oh. There's a really good study in Dan Ariely's book, The Honest Side of Dishonesty, about how just carrying a fake promotes lying. It just puts you in this mindset where you're more willing to lie. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So we will come back to the Real Estate Wealth Expo next week. We'll have a couple more talks on how to earn money, but then we'll tell you about Tony Robbins. Yeah. So stick with us. That's it for our show for now. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. And this episode is edited by Victor Figueroa. Thank you, Victor. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash onrack. We share pictures. We share articles. You can talk to us. Videos, links, conversations. Bam, be there. Yeah, me time. You can also support this and all our investigations at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Leave us a positive review at iTunes or the Better Business Bureau. We won't take a bunch of your money and then sell you bogus glasses. But you can support us at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. That's what makes our investigations possible. We are so thankful to all of you who contribute to us on a monthly basis, makes this show possible, so we can sign up for the Tax Lean Buyers Club. No, we will not, (laughs) because that is just one step too far, and I refuse. Yeah, well, and you probably won't make money at it anyway. You can also follow us on Twitter at Podcast, should you choose to. Carrie persons the Twitter, and I person the Facebook, mostly. We both person the Facebook. And then if you email us through our website, we both try to get to those. We do our best. We do our best. A lot of email comes in. And guys, a lot of investigation suggestions. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. We're not telling you not to send them. We're just letting you know. It's a long list. We got a docket. It's pretty pretty crowded. Yep. We love you all. We love you. And remember... I hate Facebook, I hate Twitter, I hate Snapchat, I hate Instagram, I hate Yelp, I hate Shuckin' Con, I don't know what it is everyone's using nowadays. The average employer employee spends two hours a day on Facebook. Really? To me, it's just a platform for everyone to talk a big game about how cool their life is. Oh, look, my daughter made cheer. Look, oh, look at my new car. Look at my vacation. Look at my hamburger, the pickles were delicious. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. Guess what? You don't pay my bills. What's a great French film about lady cannibals? What's the song of the summer? How do you say cheese in Spanish? What should I binge watch next? 
Hey, how did Crash win Best Picture? I'm still mad about that. For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branham. Winter Mitchell. Margaret Wappler. And Karen Tongson. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcasts. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.